Welcome to the Jolf Man podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and engage. I'm Neil Plummer and I am the Jolf Man, a name I seem to have picked up from children and teachers in primary schools. It's stuck and seems to fit well. I'm the host of this podcast and will be regularly looking to share thoughts and ideas about golf and in particular children and families' first experiences. Jolf's purpose is to provide accessible opportunities for children and their families in schools, the local community and at golf clubs to play golf independently, enjoy playing together and learn as they play. I hope you enjoy the podcast and please get, get in touch with your comments, feedback, thoughts and ideas. Ali O'Boyle from South Coast Sports, welcome to the Jolf Man podcast. Thanks very much. Um, fascinated to get your insight today um, and your experience in schools and coaching and the community. Um, and obviously, we've had a number of chats and connections over the last two or three months. Yeah, yeah. from our our sort of involvement with Active Sussex and such like. Um, so, can you just let us know who you are, what you are, what you do? Yep. Uh, so my name is Ali O'Boyle um, and I'm one of the directors of South Coast Sports Coaching Limited. Um, with uh, my two business partners, Stephen and James, we um, have set up a sports coaching company that's been running now for over 20 years, which makes me feel really old. Um, and I started uh, coaching when I was 15 years old. Uh, we were predominantly uh, football coaches back then, um, a lot of girls' football, a lot of evening sessions, holiday camps. And over the years, we have brought in different specialist coaches from different backgrounds, um, obviously upskilled ourselves um, and, you know, upskilled those coming to us as, as young coaches, mentored them. And the business has grown into what it is now, which we deliver uh, curriculum time PE lessons, PE mentoring for teachers, uh, quite a lot of community sessions, preschool active tots, and that's kind of where we are now. Busy, busy. Very busy, yeah. Um, so what I was keen to, so obviously the point of this podcast is around children and families' first experiences. Um, so I was keen to get your insight into a number of different parts of it so maybe i i love the idea of the active tots you know the yeah. early experience early exposure early engagement which i think often gets a bit of a bum rap because of you know early specialization and children starting sports too early but i don't think they can do it too early so what's your thoughts on that so active tots is for age two uh to up to their fifth birthday um, and we have them into two stages. Um, stage one, the parents join in, which is around age two to three and a half. But there's flexibility between the stages. It's based on when the children are ready to move up to the, to the next level. Um, and then stage two, we encourage the children to do independently of their parents. The parents are still there. The parents can still um, step into support. They can sit with their child if they want to. Um, they might even... Um, do some of their children's kind of communication for them if, if they're a shy child. But we are starting to encourage them to be independent and to um, kind of participate to their own degree. They might not want to join in with everything, but that's absolutely fine. Um, 
but we're trying to kind of get them to have a little bit of independence of their parents um, for those sessions. And it's loosely, um, most of our sessions for Active Tots are loosely football-based. Um, we do also have uh, Active Tots multi-skills, and we have in the past run Active Tots tennis as well. Um, but most of the sessions are loosely football-based. Um, but a lot of it is also about supporting early learning experiences, um, things like taking turns and recognising colour and number. Um, it's to support all those building blocks of early learning experiences and just give those children a positive experience of being active. Um, and our hope with that is that if they receive positive early experiences of being active, that then as they grow older, they will in turn make those positive decisions for themselves. I think that's a really nice way of putting it, isn't it? That a positive experience of being active. So, you know, that the earlier and the sooner the child and the parents, family members can have that positive experience that obviously you can provide them with, then the more likely they are to either want to find out more opportunities, wants to do it more, wants to continue. Um which again gives them a good start, doesn't it? So what what what's your experience of the parents and the family members' involvement in those sessions? So you get a real broad range. So you've got the ones who bring their child along who's been kicking a ball since they could walk and are just that's all they want to do. They wanna they wanna kick a ball and they're they they love it and they wanna get straight in. Um and then you'll get the ones whose parents think that it would be a really positive experience for their child to um, to engage with other children um, outside of their home, to to be in an environment maybe where there's more children around than there are adults if they spend a lot of their time with adults, and to support them with, you know, sometimes parents can come and they'll say, oh, my child doesn't really um, communicate with people outside our home, or my child um, doesn't isn't able to follow instructions. They clearly understand, but they're kind of, either choosing not to follow an instruction and do their own thing or they they're not capable yet of following the instructions that are given um and what we've always done is said that if they don't want to follow our instructions that's fine because they're two they're three if they want to go and pick up those cones and walk around and put them in a nice triangle over there crack on that's great tell them that's a triangle. Fantastic. Look, how many sides has that triangle got? They're still getting something from the session. Whether they're following the, the original session idea or not is kind of beside the point. It's really interesting what you've done there, because in, in, a, in a small nutshell, you've defined there for that particular child what that positive experience is. Yeah. Pick it up a cone, put it into an order. You, you know and then maybe you can if you've got that grounding you can then link it back to okay now let's find the red cone let's find the yellow cone now go and take a cone over to a friend and that's you just it gradually get them in don't you that's it and you can you know you can take wow you know draw attention to it for the coach they've made a triangle james and james will bounce over and be wow look at your amazing triangle hey can everybody make a triangle for me and you know you can bring them into that session and they might have been going, I'm not going to do what that guy says. And then they're like, actually, this is maybe more fun than what I was doing. So that's how, I mean, sometimes we say to parents, they'll say, oh, so my child didn't, doesn't really tend to join in with things. You know, should I just give up? And I say, no, no, no. We, we call it the eureka moment. 
and it'll on average take about three weeks for a child to feel comfortable in their environment um, and familiar enough with it for them to go yeah no actually I, I think I'm okay here I mean not all kids some kids are just straight in and they're like yep I'm good yeah. but it tends to be the ones who are more cautious it can, can take up to you know three or four weeks of them kind of feeling their way into it um, and that's that's absolutely fine and it's it's almost those children are the ones who it's it's more important for them to be coming along and, and for them to be doing those things because they're they're the ones that that need that support um to kind of open up their opportunities and and to to support them in their their early learning experiences i think there's two really interesting points there the the, the, the first one is the fact that with that positive experience that you've just described there's then no properly or correctly or you must it's following the lead of the child uh, where they're at at that particular moment and stage and then noticing that, playing with it, going along with it. And then, you know, at some point, allowing them to choose to then come back and participate in the way that may have been more planned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to work with preschoolers, you've got to know that your your session is a very loose plan and you are going to have to go off on tangents and be led by them. Um, and yes, ideally, you'll figure out ways to bring it back to what you were trying to, to kind of feed to them. But it's very much led by by the group that you have in front of you and, and by the way, you know, the way they're even feeling that that moment of that day. We know that preschoolers can flip and, and, and change how they're feeling from minute to minute. Um, and I think if you're working with preschoolers, then you've got to be aware of that. I think that's a really powerful message to both parents, family members, teachers and coaches. But what I'd also add, and probably from my own experience, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that, is that approach to that preschool offer, I, I don't think is necessarily age specific all the while. You know, I think that can extend into key stage one, four to seven and even you know for children that are coming to us as early experiences of golf you know maybe I, I, I've taken that approach with eight nine ten eleven year olds yeah I mean I think absolutely it should be it should be that kind of approach to all early years and and key stage one but the problem is in schools the teachers are being told, okay, you need, these children must be able to do this. They, they should all be able to do this. They need to all be able to do this. Should, must, need, why? Who says? Well, some people who probably have no idea about sport um, and certainly have no idea about the cohort of children that teachers are dealing with, it's a one-size-fits-all and the teachers are given unrealistic expectations to work with across the education board. And they are then almost forced to push those onto the pupils that they work with. Um, it's, you know, not to go too deep into it, but it's a broken system and it does need addressing. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. So the system within which the constraints of national curriculum and the system within which primary schools have to work, I agree. And that's probably for another day that we could have a, a rant. Oh, yeah, on. we could go on for hours, I'm sure. Now. Which we have done. <laughs> but 
But what I think could be interesting as a message to coaches and parents is the early years approach could be specific to all ages and stages when first experiencing a sport or an activity. Yeah. And again, and again, that's where I'm sort of sitting here thinking about what we do in golf that, you know, for traditionally for years, and I think as you know, and we've spoken about it before, here's golf, we're going to impose it on you as a child or as a family or as a new beginner to the, to the sport, rather than just here's a positive experience of having a go. We're going to follow the lead of where you go with it. We're going to bring you back on task sometimes, but we'll we'll give you the options and the choices. And I think what you throw up there, that, that early years ex- approach, I think could be something that parents could well do with understanding or appreciating or having some awareness of, as I think could coaches for sure. And it's funny because as a coach, that is absolutely my style of delivery and and al- always has been. And I love working with the preschoolers um, and I, I prefer... Key stage, working with early years and key stage one to, to the upper end of, of primary, I'll be honest. But as a parent, it's still something I struggle with. Yeah. Because with my kids, like my kids are, they've got quite into skateboarding. Now, skateboarding is one of the very few sports that I didn't do as a youngster. Um, I did, you know, I did rollerblading and I did an absolute myriad of other activities, but skateboarding wasn't one of them. Now, their dad did a bit of skateboarding, but as the sports coach in the family, I'm still there going, right, I should be able to help them with this. But I I can't stand on a skateboard without probably breaking, breaking an ankle when I try and step off it. But I'm still trying to kind of say to them, right, come on, you, you know, you've got to, You've got to give some time to this. You've got to push yourself. You've got to take these risks. You you want to drop in on a skateboard? Let's let's see you do it. And my kids going, but I'm scared. And I'm like, come on, positive mindset, growth mindset. Yes, you can do this. You know. And I'm thinking, if you were coaching someone else's child, you would not be having this approach. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, maybe for another podcast, which is what I've done, but, you know, do you coach your own children like, like you coach others? And I had that, I don't know whether I recorded it or wrote something about it, but I had a real long conversation with someone about it. And it opens up a whole Pandora's box of self-reflection and self-review. But this is it, parents, um, parents um, even when they know potentially that, the, that they should be guided by the children and the mood the child is in, actually remembering that in in the moment is is the challenge to keep reminding yourself okay where are they right now what do they need right now do they just need to be left to just try do they just actually need to be left to uh, go and play in the play park next door and they they don't want to do this right now um but yet as a parent we juggle so many things we manage so many different parameters it's kind of a constant assault and to be able to step back from it sometimes is just so important yeah that's fascinating so from a parent listening from a coach listening it's that it's having that self-awareness to go right and and, and i sort of also describe it as that sort of delicate balance of helping and hindering yeah so you're constantly sort of there am i really helping am i really hindering should i step back and it probably takes more awareness to step back watch listen observe than it does just to dive in and yeah. help or not help as the case yeah. may be. Absolutely. Fantastic.
That's fantastic. Um, so the balance again. I wanted to come to this because I was interested to get your thoughts. The balance of play and enjoying the moment and enjoying the experience, especially through those first experiences, versus the agenda and the next step and the what next and the right. They've they've shown some will and where for all within, say football yeah. or golf or you know. How how do we? Is that right? Should we continue to do it? How do we manage it, both as coaches and as? Well, this parents? is why I have a real love for our community sports sessions because the community sports sessions, the concept behind them is purely and simply to provide opportunities for children to participate and to play. There is no oh, and your next step is is this. You know, we're trying to get you to this stage. Um, now it may be that if the children say have an affinity for football and they come to the Friday night football community sessions, it may then be that they ask, okay, so I, my son does now feel ready to, to participate in a, a football team, whereas he didn't six months ago, a year ago. Um, what are my options? Now, as local sports delivery, we're going to know where their local football clubs are. And we can signpost that. It's not to say you don't signpost, but, it's that's not the intention you do that as a reaction to a request not because you have an agenda um and i was having an interesting conversation with one of my business partners the other day and he was saying to me the his measure of success of friday night football actually is not whether he has a child who goes on to become a professional footballer or signed for a professional team but is not a very nice individual actually his measure of success is that he has um, provided these young people with the opportunity to play sport for enjoyment's sake, to help them improve along the way if that's what they want, but also to help them to become decent people, to know that actually the older children within a group can support the younger children, that sportsmanship is of paramount important within that environment um and we have a couple of people who started out at the friday night football was little five six year olds and we're still in touch with them now they're doing teacher training to be pe teachers and messaging us saying hey i looked up on your youtube videos the other day and i taught my group one of the compass sessions and they loved it it was amazing and they're now 19, 20 years old. Like, that's the measure of success of community sessions. It's not whether they're high-flying superstars in the sporting world. There's more to it than that. So, so at every point, or even maybe at every single session, so you've got session, you've got the sort of overarching aim of those sessions, maybe, again, the coach, the parent should be, asking ourselves the question and maybe even putting it in with their plan what is our measure of success for this particular session and the sessions mm. as a whole um and i wonder if a lot of coaches maybe either couldn't answer that or maybe answer it in the well i want to create a world number one or i want to create a you know brighton football player or something yeah. like that when unsustainable possibly I don't know, unethical. I don't know. Again, maybe for another podcast, that one. But Yeah, be. I mean, I do have a fear that there is too much of this push for elitism. You know, you see these these kids on 
you know, Instagram things where their parents are training them in the pitch dark every night when dad gets home from work and it's football drills and, you know, again and again and again and next night it's the same. And, you know, there's just this push that the most important thing is being at the very highest level. But I just don't think that's the case. If they want that, if they themselves are pushing for that and that's and they find enjoyment in training really hard and doing those skills and those drills, then that's one thing. But if it's not coming from the child, if the driving force is not the child, then I don't think that that's the right thing. No, I mean, that, that statement you made about that reaction to a request. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I will, I'm telling you now, I'm going to steal that because I love that. Um, I think that reaction to it, you know, so again, as a coach or a parent, maybe we need to just be looking for signs of that request from the child to do more, do less. Um, you, you, you know, I mean, my little at the moment into his cricket, so he's got his feed buddy and will spend hours in the lounge feed feed with his cricket bat and his ball I mean much to the distraction of the balls flying everywhere never asked to do it just reacting 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 and it seems the right thing to do because it's sustainable yeah. that is when it's coming from the child it will always it. be sustainable whereas I think when it's not coming from the child and coming from an adult another adult unsustainable this is it and you know with with my children same my daughter's been asking to go out running with her dad now that's that's great because it's something that we don't have to have the skate parks open or the leisure centers open for and it's something she wants to do now is part of it the fact she wants to spend some time one-on-one -on -one with her dad quite possibly but she's choosing to make that request in an active way and he'll come in from a long day at work but because that request is made by her of course he's going to do it. If I said to him, could you take her out for a run? He'd be like, oh, really? But when she goes, Daddy, do you think we could go for a run in maybe 20 minutes? Oh, of course we can. And then that's why that's sustainable, because she's asking. And for her to ask means so much to him that he will always yeah, enable totally. it. Totally, totally. So I, I suppose maybe us as coaches or you know, people that are within the industry, it's it's arming parents with that self-awareness, that ability to then allow their children to make that request. I mean, wouldn't that be a utopian That's place it. to live in? If it's, if it's driven by the children, then it's a positive thing. If it's driven by, by the coach, by the parent, we need to be asking the questions. Is this right? Is this for them? You know, they're really important questions. Is it actually for them? Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh God, it's all, again, yet again, so many positive things, so many things have cropped up during just that simple chat, 20 minutes. Love that. Thank you so much for your time. So um, if people want to find out more about yourself and South Coast Sports, South Coast Sports yep. Coaching, 
where will they find you? Um, so South Coast Sports are on Facebook. We have our website, southcoastsports.org.uk, and it's all shiny and brand new, and so it should be very self-explanatory and easy to navigate. We are also on uh, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel from the last lockdown where we provided some uh, active sessions and lots of yoga, um, and we're popping up a few new bits as well. Ali, thank you so much for your time. That is brilliant. This won't be the last time that you'll come on because I think we we haven't even discussed fun <laughs> today, so we've got to we've got to come back and do that, which I'd love to do. That. No so problem at all. Thanks for having me, Neil. It was great.